Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Chris with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is David Siegel with PillarProject.io. Hey, David, how are you? Chris, great to be with you. Yeah, glad that, glad that you're here and we get to talk today. So, David, tell us a bit about your background and, and what got you involved in Pillar Project. Sure. I'm a Silicon Valley entrepreneur. I've, built, I've started about 23 businesses and most of them have failed. Um, so, my, the first job I ever had in my life was the first year that Pixar was a company and it, it wasn't a film studio it was a hardware company in 1986 that's how old i am <laughs> I, uh, I came out of stanford worked for pixar for a year and then i've been an entrepreneur working for myself since 1987. Um, about i've written five books and 10 years ago i wrote a book about data uh, the book is called pull and it was about changing the world from the, the world of pushing data, the way we push products and packages and uh, things through the supply chain. It was about reversing that to a world of pull, where you pull everything to yourself on, you know, on your own terms. And that world is kind of starting to come true 10 years later. <laughs> and I've been on this kick of uh, personal data. You, you own your own data and you pull things to you for about... 20 years since the first time I spoke about it in a lecture at Stanford University in 1997. Uh, and then a few things came together last year. My book, this, 
the semantic web and the blockchain and the ICO craziness started last summer and um, got a group of people together and we pulled an ICO off last uh, last July. Oh, okay, cool. What uh, what ICO is that? It's the Pillar Project. So uh, okay. it's kind of the 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 uh, I, I got tired of writing white papers, Chris. So I changed it to the gray paper after version number twenty two or something. Okay. And uh, um, wrote the gray paper for the Pillar Project based on this book poll that I'd written in 2010. And it was about you own your own data. Why can't you have an app on your phone that just collects all your own data for you? And Facebook and Google and Microsoft don't have it. And you, you're you in charge of your own data. So it's meant to be kind of a personal digital assistant that manages your data automatically for you because no one wants to actually work with his own data all the time. You kind of want to have an AI assistant that does it, but you are your own sovereign you know, nation. You have your own health records, your own financial records, all your financial assets, all your work records, everything would be under your control. And you would store it. You would maintain it. I called it. 20 years ago, the personal data locker. And that's kind of the dream of what we're building now, although it's it's right now, it's becoming a a wallet, a, uh, a cryptographic, you know, cryptocurrency and token wallet that you can store and then exchange in. And then from there, it, that will form the foundation. And then we're going to build all this personal data locker stuff on top of it. Okay. So uh, where are you at in the, in the project right now? Right. We raised about 20 million. Uh, we were just a bunch of volunteers working together on Slack last July, uh, raised a bunch of money, came to London in September, October, and started putting a team together. And uh, <clears throat> we're now in London with about 40 people. <clears throat> uh, we're now in London with about 40 people, and we are most of the way, I'd say, I'd say two-thirds of the way through our build. We've, we've actually built all the parts and we've assembled them into an app and realized that the app isn't going to perform the way we were hoping. So we're, we're going to change technology platforms um, to a different mobile platform. And then not, you know, it's, it's called React. It lets you develop iOS and, uh, and Android apps uh, sort of together, but then optimize them each separately. And that'll come out probably sometime this summer. So the first release of the wallet, the core foundational wallet, will be out this summer. Okay. You mentioned uh, changing changing platforms. Um, what were, without, I guess, discussing the, the name directly, what were some of the limitations of the, the previous platform? Well, it's all open source that we were working on Ionic, um, which, is, which is fine, and some people can make it work. Uh, our team was not able to get very good performance. Um, so we're, we're confident that, uh, you know, that we're going to be changing a bit about our methodology and our working methodology, and we're going to be changing... Uh, to react. I won't say that it's a magic bullet changing uh, technology platforms, right? It, the people also have to work together, the systems, the processes all have to work together. So we're we're refactoring a lot of that and, and kind of going on round two. This is fairly standard for software development. You build one, you throw it away, and then you do it right. <laughs> and I would say we're not breaking that tradition. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what are uh, what are some developments that you you've seen in the last uh, last six months with your project that that are pushing things forward for you? Well, it's forward and backwards. We're uh, I'm I'm the author of the token handbook. I don't know if you've seen that one, Chris. Okay. It's it's the first book on tokens. It's at thetokenhandbook.com. So I'm an expert on tokens and tokenomics. I give speeches around the world on tokens and tokenomics and try to help people understand this new world. 
it's actually like it's nothing like a stock or a ticket or a money or um, many of the other things that we have in the real world. It, it can be many of those things, but it has they have their own properties. And, uh, and so we're I'm tr I'm working a lot to try to communicate to regulators uh, how they should be approaching this because we have a lot of regulatory issues and uncertainty right now. And just looking at the tax issues, you know, you have, every time you move a token or a cryptocurrency, that's taxable, a taxable event. So you have to add the value of those up at the end of the year. And whether you have a gain or a loss, you have to you have to declare that. And a lot of people don't know this. And a lot of systems aren't prepared for that. Most exchanges don't give you the information you need. Certainly most apps are not going to spit out a nice, uh, well-formatted report for your tax reporting. Uh, we have a long way to go. So some of it has just been working on communicating these issues to people who are, who are doing ICOs and regulators. And then other things that have happened in the last six months, obviously, we, we had over $5 billion in ICOs last year. And we're actually on track right now for about $20 billion worth of ICOs. And we don't know how legal those are in different places. It's pretty clear that uh, you're not going to sell any more tokens to Americans. Uh, uh, the, to the public without, you know, private offering only to accredited investors. That's that's because the SEC is declaring most of these tokens are are probably securities. Now, now we have one, and we don't think it's a security. We we think it looks, smells, and acts like a utility token. Um, but there's a lot of uncertainty about where the SEC will draw the line. Um, and that, you know, you might have noticed the price of ether lately. Yes. <laughs> It's down oh, yeah. in the mid 400s, down from almost 1400 a couple of months ago, and much of that is due to the fact that, well, most of the tokens are on the Ethereum platform, and there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty about what will happen with Americans and their tokens. And then, well, gosh, if the Americans say that all tokens are somehow securities, then what will the UK and the EU legislators and regulators do, and we're we're in dialogue with all these people and hoping to educate them and get them to see that this is a really great opportunity to rethink regulation and rethink the laws that classify these things and set up the the licensing and all the restrictions. I, I'm not going to make this into a legal lecture, but that's you're asking about the last six months. I think I've been spending most of my time with about two dozen different lawyers on most of these issues. Wow. Yeah, so I, I'm curious about I'm curious about the uh, the regulations. I, I mean, that, that's definitely a, a big piece of the puzzle right now. Um, you mentioned kind of a, an educational um, relating to uh, different people starting ICOs and uh, actual regulators. What is the difference in communicating that message between the two audiences? Well, um, the uncertainty is the difference because the regulators still don't really know and they've got their processes. And those processes are opaque to those of us out here in ICO land. Um, so we have to tell, I, and I kind of coach the coaches, I train the trainers, I'm trying to help people launching ICO. I, everybody who's now an ICO uh, consultant probably learned most of that from me or a lot of it anyway. And I'm trying to help them understand what the under uncertainties are and not, not to take too many risks right now um, because we don't know what will happen going forward. And everybody in ICO land is consulting a lot of lawyers and the tax people don't know much at all. And so we're starting to educate the tax people. Uh, but boy, when you go talk to the regulators, they're, they're, they're nice people. 
They want to help. They like innovation, but they're kind of like regulators are caught between a rock and a hard place because their job is to enforce the law. And it, it depends how you want to interpret the law, Chris. In the United States, it I can see how the SEC would have to interpret the law that all these things are securities because they're all fixed number and therefore they have volatility and investment value. On the other hand, geez, a lot of other things that I've, I've pointed out in my essay have similar properties. So it's really this very fuzzy gray area that you can look at from a lot of different angles and draw different conclusions. And I keep saying that two different people can buy exactly the same token for different purposes and one is a security and one is a utility. So, you know, it's it's a really difficult problem. And I honestly, it's really hard for me to forecast how this is going to turn out. But we do expect to block Americans from all ICOs, pretty much, unless they are something like an equity ICO, which would be, you know, selling stock on a token. And that's something we're actively involved in, both in the U.S. and in the U.K. We want to kind of pioneer this, this equity token concept. There's a couple other companies on this. Um, there's there's Polymath working with T0. Um, there's a new token center called the R token. So there's a lot of push toward just kind of normal stand-up, no, normal startup financing using tokens. And that, that is just going to be subject to the normal old 1940 rules, which means that only accredited, very you know wealthy people can buy them and they won't be offered to the public. And, and it's too bad, but that may be the box we all end up in. Interesting. So can you expand on this concept of the equity token. I'm, I'm curious to hear more about that. So equity in the United States is mostly done under what's called Reg D, Regulation D, which which says you're exempt from registering the security and you don't have to offer it through a normal exchange or broker-dealer as long as all the investors are accredited. Accredited generally means you have a million dollars of investable net worth um, and two million in California. And there are other ways to raise money. There's there's crowdfunding, of course, and, and the Jobs Act may get a big uplift later this year, which would change that, uh, extend the, the amounts people could raise. That would change things a lot. But mostly we do it with Reg D. That means we do it to accredited investors. And so our goal is to tokenize that. Now, it's actually easy to tokenize, Chris. It's, it's fairly easy to tokenize uh, security, uh, a stock. What's hard is to make it tradable because we'd like exchanges to spring up and we're building one in our wallet that would allow accredited investors to change, to exchange equity tokens. This has never been done before. This is new. Uh, regulators are going, huh? Well, okay, maybe within our country, but what if you exchange it to people outside the country and how do you prevent those people from selling it on to miners or, or non-accredited investors? So we're solving all these technical problems and educating. And, and actually, I think, and we're part of it, I think that within two or three years, I think we'll see, I hope, a robust equity trading, equity token trading, uh, plat a couple of platforms that do equity token trading so that wealthy people can trade these things. Let's say that a bunch of them die because that's normal. And then these, things, these companies go on to get more funding and they could do that through the platform. And then you could file what's called a what Rule 144 uh, filing in, in the United States, or you, and you could also use Reg A, which is a bit more expensive, but then you could kind of go public with a token in a wallet. And that's our ultimate goal. So that when we do that, our goal is to replace uh, the existing marketplaces, well, kind of like, like the, the venture capitalists and the secondary buyers, and then the, the what's called the pink sheets, 
I don't know if you've heard of the pink sheep. They, these okay. sort of very small cap mark, uh, publicly traded uh, uh, stocks with tokens in wallets, and the wallets will be the marketplace, and there'll be many more market participants, and then maybe we can convince the regulators to let the public, you know, have access to this, and then things change a lot because we can we can essentially replace venture capitalists with liquidity and with markets that function with much less friction than we have now. And if you've ever pitched a venture capitalist or run around, you know, up and down Sand Hill Road or around your city or flown around to, to various pitch events and VCs, you know, that's it's a very inefficient way to allocate. We hope to make a big, make, make an, a, uh, an alternative that investors can choose and then they'll decide whether they want the agents who are the VCs or whether they want to go direct and just buy these things from the companies directly. Okay. I'm, I'm interested to know what is what will someone experience as um, a wallet owner for a pillar project? Yeah, right. So the, what we want in this new world is to tokenize and trade everything. That's our goal. Uh, we still have two feet firmly planted in the 20th century from a regulatory point of view. So we hope eventually you'll sign a lease on your using your pillow wallet, you'll buy a home using your pillow wallet. You certainly buy. You'll buy a car. You'll rent a car. You'll buy a bicycle or a washing machine. You think of everything you can find on eBay or Amazon. You ought to be able to do that from your pillow wallet with really no middleman. So taking away the retailer, the Amazon and the eBay, and then you should be able to trade it. So if you buy a diamond or a washing machine or or a big screen TV or a sofa then you own it because you own the token. And then when you sell the token, the ownership goes to the next person. And as I wrote in my book, you know, the, the, description, of that, the description of that thing goes into your personal data locker in your inventory, and then you can offer that to sell again to someone later. So it's really a whole economy inside the pillar wallet. That's, that's our goal. And of course, you own all your own data all the time. There's no third party. We don't have it. We the FBI could hold a gun to my head and I would not know what's in your wallet. It's all encrypted and you have the key. Okay. So where do you see Pillar Project in the next year or so? <laughs> so kind of if you think about it, Chris, like all this stuff going on with Facebook and privacy, is it's probably a pretty big deal, right? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. People are pretty concerned. Um, Ed Snowden, you know, has talked a lot about, well, you, you might want to have control over your own data and you might not want to have... Facebook do it because Facebook's got the FBI has back doors into everything and can see everything they anything they want. And we're not trying to be outlaws. We're just trying to give you the open source tools that you can use yourself to build this ecosystem yourself uh, without any middleman and no back doors. Um, so we're starting small. We're going to have a little wallet that lets you buy and sell cryptocurrencies and tokens. Um, probably going to do ICOs on it carefully. Um, excluding Americans and maybe some others. We're going to offer an equity token platform for raising money for startups. And then we want to build out this kind of eBay-like, Amazon-like experience where you can buy and sell many, many different products. Um, it's kind of a big roadmap. It's, a, it's in the gray paper. And uh, every, the cool thing about it is people who work here are like really excited about it because we, if you think Mark Zuckerberg has a problem, well, we might be the solution. <laughs> Interesting. So you're, you're you're starting in in Europe, is that correct? And what what are the plans for 
expansion from there? Well, we're building here, but our market is everywhere. Our market is English-speaking people initially. People are cryptographically uh, aware. They have tokens already. That's our first market. Uh, they know how to buy tokens, but we're going to make it so much easier. I, have you bought you bought tokens, I assume, or, or cryptocurrencies? Yes. So you're cutting and pasting these wacky numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's pretty dangerous. Um, there's a lot of phishing and hacking going on with that. So in our wallet, for example, you'll you'll connect to me. I'll connect. I'll accept the connection, and then we'll just send cryptocurrencies and tokens by name. You'll never see my wallet address. You'll never know what my wallet. You'll just see me in your address book and send me things. The same with when you buy something <clears throat> or exchange something. It'll be by name and never ever with the. That's just 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 too hard to use. Consumers are are going to demand a better, more fluid, easier, inter- intuitive interface. And that's what, that's a big part of what we're doing. Okay. Um, anything that maybe I haven't directly <laughs> mentioned or brought up yet that, that you want to let our listeners know about? Well, yeah, we have a lot of fans. We have 20,000 people on our mailing list and almost every day, two or three new YouTube videos come online about us because people are so excited about what we're doing and we're asking our community and people new to Pillar to come join us in our big summer event. Going to be in in Lithuania, in Vilnius, Lithuania. That's July 15th to 22nd, and it's kind of a big summer jamboree, uh, Woodstock of crypto. Uh, there's going to be music. Uh, it's an unconference. There's going to be a business track, an entrepreneur track. You're going to learn a lot of uh, my business principles from uh, the work I've done at and business agility. You're going to learn how to start your business on our platform. And you're going to learn a lot of uh, exciting new new things coming up, new developments in ICOs, in tokens, in smart contracts, what's going on on the blockchain, and bond with a lot of movers and shakers in this world. So it's, it's an unconference. That means it's unstructured and people come do it. We, we started this last uh, end of July after our ICO, and it was just phenomenal. We met in the middle of Slovakia, and 70 people came, and it was just a life-changing event. So now we're going to do it for 700 people, this time in Vilnius, Lithuania, 15th to 22nd of July. And just today, we changed our website. So if you come to pillarproject.io, people have already signed up. I think we already got 22 people today signing up, and we'll have more and more. And we hope to have fill up an entire resort, which can hold about 500 people. And then there's an excursion after that to St. Petersburg, Russia. If you've never been to St. Petersburg, Russia, we, we want you to take advantage of that because it's an amazing must-see city. Um, so it's it's a, it's all about the community for us, and we're going to bond and work and play this summer for a week in Lithuania. It sounds like a lot of fun. So, yeah, with the uh, Pillar Project, you, the I.O., you gave us the, the uh, way to kind of check out the website. Um, how can people get directly in touch with you um, or follow you and find out sure. more about you? Uh, I'm easy to reach on LinkedIn, um, David Siegel, Pillar Project, and we have a big online community with lots of volunteers and lots of people doing things. That's at pillarproject.io. Just find the community link and join us. It's a, it's not Slack. It's called Mattermost. You know, it's an online community, and we've got tons of channels and lots of activity. People are doing – I've got research projects I'm doing with people. Uh, we've got lots of feature requests for the wallet, people beta testing um, at – asking lots of questions and helping, like, how can they build their business on on our wallet? How can they envision it? We have prizes and contests for this. Uh, you'll find those on our website. Uh, we're hiring uh, seriously advanced, experienced mobile developers here in London. And we're probably also going to offer an uh, open an office in Vilnius. We're, we're 
talking with the Blockchain Innovation Center there that we are kind of one of the sponsors of about building out a team there. Um, so lots going on and lots of people can participate on with by starting in our online community. It doesn't make sense to email me. I get too, too, you know too many emails every day. Um, it does make sense to come to our online community and introduce yourself. And don't worry, people will say hi. Excellent. David, it's been great chatting with you today. Any final thoughts before we wrap? Uh, you know, it's the pace of change is amazing. My yeah, I've written a piece on on Medium. I think people should look at. It's called "The Bitcoin Bubble Explained to a Pair of Four-Year-Old Twins." And I study bubbles. I study economic bubbles, and I don't asset bubbles. And I, I I'm sure, and I can essentially show that by definition, cryptocurrencies are not a bubble. We are not in a bubble. Uh, that then, by definition, makes today. I would say, and this is not investment advice, because I shouldn't give investment advice, but I think it, instead of being a collapse and doom and gloom ahead, I'd say it's a good buying opportunity now. I think we're going to continue to see lots of volatility in this market. Things will, whatever goes up will also come down. So there's, there's no guarantees, but if you're dollar cost averaging or looking at getting into, into cryptos, um, and, I, and I'm not talking about uh, tokens. Um, but just cryptocurrencies, boy, I see a lot of good deals out there that I've, I'm interested in snapping up. Um, so I think, you know, now, is now, especially while things are a bit quiet, is a great time to be working hard and building the future because I think it's going to come. I think we will tokenize and trade most everything in the world. I think that, that this sort of shared ledger technology will become the basis for the dollar, the euro, the yen, and the pound. I think that this is a new economy. It's not going away tremendously resilient and it's a really exciting time to be in the crypto movement. Excellent. David, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. My pleasure. David Siegel with PillarProject.io. And we want to thank all of our listeners for checking out the Future Tech Podcast. We will see you here next time. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018. The Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, in their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchain, 
futuretechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.